You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikena Okeke of the Father's Church. Please join Pastor Ikena Okeke and be blessed. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay, come with me to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10 and we'll read from verse 13. We'll read just two verses. Praise the Lord. Romans 10, 13 says, For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. 14. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without our preacher. Let's bow our heads as we talk to the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to you this morning. As we look into your word, we ask that you would transform us. Let this word bring understanding. Let it bring, O oh Lord, strength. Let it bring illumination. Let it cause, O oh Lord, Father, a change to happen in us. And let it also cause, O oh Lord, mighty works to begin to happen through us and for us in the name of Jesus. Your word says, how shall they hear without a preacher? Lord, I surrender myself. Surrender yourself that, Lord, make me a preacher of this good news. By whatever means you would, let somebody believe because of me. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, I hope we got it. How shall they hear without a preacher? I'm not talking about the person standing in front of you. You are a preacher. We're going to understand it as we go on. Praise the Lord. But the thing there is, this verse 13 says, Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be what? Doesn't that sound easy? Praise the Lord. You know, the beautiful thing about our faith is that Jesus has done the difficult part. Praise the Lord. Any one of us, I believe most of us have seen the movie, The Passion of the Christ. All the difficult part he has done. And as difficult as that part that we saw in the movie was, the other part of leaving heaven to come down to the earth. Praise the Lord. We are here in Abuja now. If I called you now and say, thus says the Lord, you are the person that is going to plant the Father's Church, Sambisa Forest. Will you shout hallelujah? You will not shout because you don't want to leave here, which, you know, is better, and begin to go to a place like that, isn't it? Even to the, not even Sambisa Forest, to some hinterland in um, Ogoja or somewhere. You won't want to go. But you're in the same environment. But Jesus, the Bible says, even though he was God, did not consider what? Robbery to be equal with God, but humbled himself. Jesus has done everything there is to do that is in any way difficult. What is left is so simple. Whoever, no qualification, educated, illiterate, whether you're a former armed robber, whether you're a former politician, you know, we are calling armed robbers now. There is no thing armed robbers will steal in Nigeria for the next one billion years that will reach what politicians have stolen. So when we are using illustrations, Let's be careful the way we call armed robbers and be insulting them. Whether you're a politician, praise the Lord. Whether you're a civil servant, the civil servants are competing with the politicians. I don't know who is beating. But whosoever calls 
upon the name of the Lord. That is the point. Shall be what? Shall be saved. That is the beauty of the gospel. And that is why you and I should not take it for granted. The privilege, the, the awesome privilege that is given to us to be able to be instruments in the hands of God through which people will hear. Look at what 14 says. It says, how shall they call on him in whom they have not what? Believed. And it says, how shall they believe in whom they have not heard? And it says what? How would they hear? They're going to hear through somebody. That's what we're saying. That you will be somebody through whom somebody will do what? Hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. And this morning, we want to look at it from a very different point of view, which I trust the Holy Spirit to help us. You see, God, in his wisdom and in his power and his, you know, you know just the way he does his things, has created us human beings and put in our nature the susceptibility to be influenced by others. The truth is this, no matter how independent-minded you think you are, somehow God has made most of the things you do, even the ones you think are independent, to be things you picked from somebody else. So we are prone to copy, we are prone to imitate, we are prone to look and observe and learn. In fact, one of the things that, you know, they say living things do is that they do what? They adjust or they respond to their what? Environment. So it's the same thing. God, the way he created human beings, has put us in the way, put something in us that we learn from what we see. We learn from what happens around us. And that is why we can say some person is impressionable. But we are all impressionable. And the good thing about that is that because of this, you now being a child of light, you now being a born-again Christian, you have the power to influence somebody. How many of us here were influenced by some Christian to become born again? How many of us were influenced by some colleague, you know, to grow in the faith? I was influenced by my colleagues. After I got born again, I had some colleagues, you know, young men like me, you know, who I looked at them and I was impressed. I liked the way they were living life and it helped me to grow and to mature in the faith. Now, that is the way God has ordained it to be. Now, on the other side also, if you are bad, then people will also do what? Learn badness from you. Everybody is learning from somebody. Everybody is learning something from somebody. And that is what we see when we come to a nation now, Nigeria. We see something that is happening. Even though we have a large number of us who call ourselves born-again Christians. The question is this, who have we influenced in the last three decades? What have we affected? Who is copying us? Rather, what we have now is that we are being insulted. We are being abused. We are being hated. The Bible says, Psalm 12 verse 1, it was a scripture that I saw and it sounded so true. It didn't sound like what was written then. It sounded like what is written now. It says what? Help! Help! I don't know how many of us are crying this. It says, help, Lord. Why? It says, for the godly man, what? Seizes. For the faithful disappear from among the sons of men. Give us NLT, the living Bible, amplified. Anyone you can see, listen. It says, help, O Lord. For the godly are fast, what? Disappearing. The faithful have vanished from the earth. Give us another one, please. Quick, God, I need your helping heart. The last, the same person has what? 
just went down. All the friends I depended on gone. Let's have uh, Amplified. In essence, we see the cry here that we can't find godly people again. They are scarce. What is happening now? The wicked, you know, the mean, the terrible are becoming, you know, they are becoming majority. And unfortunately, you know, the system of government we run and most places are running now is democracy, isn't it? And what's it? It's government of what? Majority. So if the wicked are in majority, what is going to happen? The wicked will continue to be in power. So the solution is what? We need more godly men. We need more godly women. That is what we need. That is a problem. And apart from us needing it, that's what God needs. He said to Abraham, if I can find how many righteous men in Sodom, I will save. He said, if I can see this number. And the Bible records for us, unfortunately, all the sojourn of Lord in that town, he could not get any other person. He couldn't get as many as up to 10. If he had found that 10, that city would have been saved. His wife would have been saved. He would not have needed to be, you know, evacuated out of the city. But it was not possible. And it looks like that in our time. I don't know how many of us heard, you know, was it this year or late last year, about the judgment debt that we incurred in the UK, you know, about close to nine point something billion dollars. How many of us are following the story? The lawyers there, are you following it? You know what went on with that? Do you know what went on? It was the person that Nigeria paid $2 million to defend her. Or to defend, is Nigeria still her or it? No, I know what I'm saying. Because the way people are treating it, it cannot be her. Somebody collected $2 million from Nigeria and was supposed to defend us in that case and was there playing like this. And actually was party to that judgment against us. So that the nation that paid you $2 million, you will make billions from it. I don't understand. But you see, the man is not standing in isolation. The man is not standing in isolation. The wickedness in our country is mind-boggling. The meanness, $2 million is how much? With today's rate, that's almost a billion naira. That's 900 million. Praise the Lord. That's a lot of money. And this man was former attorney general. Now, I'm not preaching. I don't know him in details. I just read it up. And this scripture just came to my mind. It says, help. Help the godly man, what? Ceases. They are fast disappearing. Now, as we are shouting this, you know, from, this is what is happening in the polity now. I wish if we looked within ourselves, we could say the godly man is not what? Disappearing. I wish if we looked amongst Christians, we could say the godly man is not disappearing. I mean, we're hearing all kinds of things, you know, husbands are doing, wives are doing, all kinds of arguments, stance, you know, approaches to life. And you're wondering, how shall they call upon the name of the Lord when there is nobody preaching? The word preaching, we should not limit it to somebody standing with a microphone. Anytime we do that, we deny the truth and revelation of the scriptures. The Bible says in Acts chapter 1 verse 1, it says, all that Jesus both began to what? Do and teach. So if you want to capture the word preaching, the way the Bible puts it, it's what you do first. 
So you may never pick up a mic to preach to people sitting in front of you. But what you're doing is preaching. The way you're living your life is preaching. Praise the Lord. And you may never know somebody is watching you. And if you think that is too far, your friends are watching you. Your colleagues are watching you. Your children, if you have children, are watching you. In fact, your spouse is watching you. You are preaching. Praise the Lord. You are preaching. You are preaching. So we see the scripture and we see that there is hope God has provided. If people call on me, I will save them. If they call on me. And then he says, but how are they going to call? He says they're going to see somebody. They're going to hear somebody. They're going to observe somebody. And then you begin to see where we have the challenge as a nation, as a people, as a generation. You know, in the past 30 years, how old am I? Okay, from the 90s, there's been some sort of revival in Nigeria. You know, people are just going to churches, you know. People like us, you know, just picked up from the world, sinners like that, no mission, no uh, what, seminary, no training, nothing like that. We just became ushers, next thing from ushers, you know, prayer department, from prayer department, you become pastor. Isn't that a revival? That's a revival. Praise God. However, and unfortunately, from those 90s, we are not seeing the society change positively. We're not seeing, you know, light why is that so? Let me tell you why I think that is so. The first time again that the gospel was preached in Acts chapter 2 under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost by the Apostle Peter. Come with me. From verse 37. Read it from verse 37 and see. 37. The Bible says, Now when they heard this, this is the Jews now responding to the gospel Peter preached. Now when they heard this, they were caught to the heart. And they said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, they said what? Men and brethren, what? What shall we do? Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then the Bible says, Peter answered and said to them, Repent. Repent, every one of you. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall what? Receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. 39. For the promises to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. And verse 40. Let's read 40 together. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. If you did comprehension, is this summary or whatever? There, there's this one that, you know, they, they, they used to do that was very difficult in jam, English jam. They write a lot of things. And they, they say, what summarizes everything they wrote? In this message, now, what summarizes everything Peter said? Verse 40, let's read it. It says, and with many other words, words, he testified and exhorted. This is all he did. And what was the conclusion? He says what? Be saved from this perverse generation. In essence, the gospel is supposed to bring you out from where you are. And that is where we have the little problem with what we have, you know, the current system we have. Whereas the gospel is supposed to make me different. When we preach the gospel of Jesus, we tell people Jesus has died for our sins. Jesus has, you know, opened the door for us. We are going to heaven. We are citizens of heaven. We are no longer citizens of this world. We are seated in heavenly places above principalities and powers. And then we struggle for contract the same way they struggle. We fight 
the same way they fight. We quarrel the same way they quarrel. In fact, not just that, if we did only that, that would be a fair. It would be okay. I mean, it would not be too bad. The worst part of it is that when we finish preaching this gospel, we envy them, we imitate them, we copy them. How can they change? How can they follow you? Let me ask you a simple question. Can you think of anything in Nigeria that has been influenced in terms of culture from the church? Culturally. Or let's not even say culturally. Let's just say systematically. The world, from when I was younger, you know, much younger, if they had social events and big men came in, they interrupted the events and sang the big men in, isn't it? Now, when you go to a church program, what happens? If some people come in, they interrupt the program and say, we want to recognize the presence of, you know, the general overseer or pastor. So, so what has our society copied from the Christian culture? Just ask yourself. You see, we started by saying human beings are created to copy. I remember a story. I think I may have told this story. I don't know if I've told this particular one. You know, when I was growing up, I attended a primary school, which was, you know, in our neighborhood for two years. Okay. Or two, yeah, two years. I did two years somewhere and was moved to this, you know, top rate, the best primary school in the city then, Ekulu Primary School. When I got to this primary school, probably, I don't know how old I would have been, maybe seven years or eight years. You know, when you join a school newly, your uniform is new. Somebody seems to be getting where I'm going. I had new school uniform. But when I got into the school, I saw that the people who were happening in the school, their khakis were faded. Do you understand? It was navy blue khaki, khaki shorts. And theirs were faded, you know, in the bootops. So, but mine was clean, you know, pure navy blue, fresh uniform. So after I went to school a few days, I said, there's a problem here. I don't belong. So what I did was when I sit down on the chair, I will slide to this side. I will slide. <laughs> I will slide from one end of the chair. So that what? So that my khaki can become rugged. So that when I stand in school, I will belong to those who are. Because these people that had the faded khaki, they were the ones that played together. They were the ones that played football. They were the ones that gisted together. I mean, how can I come here and my uniform will just stand me out? So I refused. I made effort. When I grew old, I, I just realized that their parents didn't change their uniform when they got old. But you see, they had it. I saw it. I admired it. And I wanted to what? To be just like them. That is the way human beings are created. Okay, this one, I was much younger. So you can see where I'm coming from. So know that God has done something in me. When you see my standing, the things of life. now. Before that time, in this former primary school where I was in, I realized that the people, you know, that sat in front were bespectacled. I realized that the people who answered questions in class, you know, the oldest people, they wore eyeglasses. So I went home and told my parents, I can't see. I can't see. Because, I mean, how can I go to this place and, you know, all the smart people are wearing glasses. I'm not wearing glasses. I'm not smart. I insisted, though. Hey, <laughs> I think I've told you this story. They took me to this optician. Unfortunately, being my wild had not matured. So the optician pointed. I was reading everything out. He pointed out. He sent a note to my parents. Don't mind him. 
And that's how I was not allowed to become a smart student. That's the way we are created. When you see somebody doing something and you observe the person and the person is persuaded and, you know, almost, almost to the extent of ignoring you, you want to watch what is going on there. And then before you know it, you want to copy the person. Now, when the gospel came, Peter said, be different from this perverse word, generation. Be different. Let's look at the Living Bible uh, translation of that. Let's see what it says to us. One of the translations says, thank you. It says what? To save themselves from the evils of their nation. But do you know what we do as Christians in our time? When we become born again, we channel the whole thing we hear, or not even the whole thing we hear, the whole message of the gospel is to make us to enjoy the evils. So that's where you see, not my portion protection. That is why you see uh, the, the above and beneath blessing in the same of Nobody's thinking transformation. Nobody's thinking witness. Nobody's thinking at least when they go home, let them say they encountered a Christian. Nobody's thinking that. All we're thinking is how to add up everything that we have as Christians and use it what, to thrive. Now, there's nothing wrong with thriving in a bad place. But the challenge is this. The call that we are called to is to be witnesses. And that's why last week when we looked at the life of Joseph and we said, unfortunately, when many people look at Joseph, you know, from the scriptures, all they want is Joseph's what? Blessings. Joseph's prosperity. But that's not what is there for the Christian. The Christian should learn what? Joseph's sanctification. Joseph's forgiveness. Joseph's, you know, heart that bore no grudges. That's what we learn as Christians. Now, the world will look at anything and what they want is what? The blessings on top. But the Bible has said to you and I, but you, what should you do? Seek first what? The kingdom of God and what? His righteousness and what will happen? The things the world is seeking shall be what? Added. But we don't like that part. We want to seek it. And we want to catch it. And in many instances, we are catching, people are catching it. But the danger of that is that nobody is copying us. Because why this story affected me so much was that this man is, you know, was a former attorney general of Lagos State. I don't know, is he a Christian? Does anybody know? Is he Muslim or a Christian? I don't know which one he is. But whatever he is, he's a senior advocate of Nigeria. I mean, at that level, how can you be so base? That's the type of thing we should be hearing from Shekau. You want to rob your country of nine point something billion dollars to do what with it? Possibly in his church. They have told him that you're blessed now, but there is a bigger blessing for you. Possibly they told him we want to build, you know, something that, you remember many years ago, the man in Sheraton that was stealing? Where was his inspiration? From the church. What kind of gospel are we going to preach to people and they leave the church to steal to bring money to church? That means we are not communicating Jesus. It's as simple as that. All that Jesus both began to do and to teach. He said, be safe from this. It means that, you see, when the Bible says, Galatians 5 uh, verse 1, it says, stand therefore what? In the liberty where which Christ has what? Set you free and do not be entangled again what? With a yoke of bond. You know what it means to be free? 
To be free means in that school, when I got in with my brand new uniform, I feel normal. If they're passing ball, I say, give me the ball. Do you know who I am? Do you understand? And they'll be wondering whether is this my new uniform that is the in thing. But you see, when you're not free, you're influenced. Everything around you, you think, ah, this is the way now. This is the way. But connection with Christ, part of what uh, Peter preached in that first gospel in Acts, was that he said to them, repent and be baptized. And then the second one he said to them was very key. I believe that's verse 39 or so, 38, 39. He said to them, and receive the gift of what? The Holy Spirit. Every believer has received the gift. You know what it means? The gift. It means nothing missing. Nothing like it. As long as you have the gift. That's why our Lord Jesus, you know, taught us very plain, plainly and clearly. He said, if you ask the Father, whatever it is. He said, you know how you give good gifts to your children. He said, the Father will give you. Then in another place, how does the Holy Spirit translate it? He says, the Father will give you the Holy Spirit. So what Peter was saying to them there was, repent and be baptized, every one of you. And you shall receive the gift. When you receive the gift, there is nothing left. There is nothing left. But you see, when you come to church, and I keep giving you the impression that you're not enough. You're not yet the MD of your organization. You have not taken over. You know, we create the impression that working hard, you know, is not a blessing. My friend, it takes good health to work hard. It's a blessing. It takes good health. If you're able to work hard, if for nothing, thank God. The other day, somebody was working on my car, and I, he walked from almost 7 a.m. to about 6 a.m. I said, can I do that? The man is blessed. I may have more money than him, but he's blessed with good health. But we despise the basic things, the beauties of life. And our eyes are just set on something, some imaginary thing. So somebody just, you want to come in and be an oppressor. The pepper them gang, you know, preach from the church. You come to church, they preach you to a pepper them mentality. Where does that come in from? Do you understand? As Christians, do you know what it means to be a family? Family means family. No matter how high you are in a family, you are not measured by the highest. You are measured by the lowest. That's why every wise person lifts up everybody in their family. That's family. So what do I benefit peppering my family? Because we copy the world. The world is not family. The Bible tells us, I think, message says, hey, it's dog eat dog out there. They don't care about the person on their side. The apostle Paul teaches us, says, my liberty should be constrained by the you know, consideration of my brother or my sister. It's as simple as that. But you see, we're not communicating this. So inside there's competition. So we take the cognition outside and the world is looking at us. I just imagine if that man had another friend who was a senior advocate of Nigeria, who was born again, and he visited his house, the house not in Ikoi, somewhere in Surulere, or maybe somewhere in Magodo. How many of us know Lagos? Or maybe even somewhere in Ketu. And he said, how can a whole USAN live in Ketu? He said, leave that. This world is not our home. You know what that would do to the man's psyche? And he sees that this man is happy, he's content, he's settled, his wife, he's loving the wife, the wife is loved. He comes back with his, you know, maybe four, six that he served in Lagos state government as his, you know, predecessor. And there's peace and joy in that home. You think that man is going to live and be the same? But when he's interacting with you as a Christian, and all you're telling me is how you're going to hit it, 
And then you tell him that this time around you're fasting 14 days just to hit it. So all the fasting is to hit it. Whereas they can still unheat it. Why would they fast? Why would they follow us? Why would they follow us? That is the challenge. It says, whosoever calls. It's so easy to change any environment. If God will find men or women. Amongst my brothers, I think I'm the poorest, you know, in terms of finances. But that's not what is measured by. That's not my calling. My calling is not to be the richest. This church will produce the richest. What nonsense. Richest that will not die. If you will die, how much money can save you from death? Somebody is to die. How much can he offer and then he will cease to die? How much power can keep you from death? How many mopos can keep you? How many doctors can keep you? If somebody has an emergency, how many cars does he need to take him to the hospital? If you're sick, how many beds? If they arrange 10 beds together, will it make you well? If you have insomnia, will the softest pillows, you know, help you sleep? Brethren, we have life, but we're not advertising life. We're advertising things, base things, vanity. And that's why our society is the way it is. There's nothing for them to copy. Instead, we're the ones copying them. Listen to our gospel. Listen to our church. Listen to believers. When you sound them out, you're wondering, but uh, what what about heaven now? And they say, no, you're too heavenly minded to be of any earthly good. That's where I want to be. But the truth is this. If you're heavenly minded, you will not be earthly useless. It's impossible for that to be. It's like saying that the U.S. ambassador that is connected to U.S. is not influencing things in Nigeria. At least people now know that they can refuse you visa even as governor. Do we understand what we're saying? This is what the Bible calls us to. We are called, they say, be saved, be different from this generation. First Peter 2 verse 9. It says, but you are what? A chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a what? Peculiar people. New King James will say his own special people. That is one area we miss as born again Christians. You are not just any person. You have become God's what? own special person. We are called the bride of Christ. How many of us are married? Men. Let me see men that are married here. You see, no matter what it is, you know, with your neighbors and all of that, there are things that you want between your wife and you. She's special to you. Isn't that correct? She's special to you. Your wife is special. We are the bride of Christ. We are special to him. He doesn't care what is going out there or what is We become his own by this salvation. And that is what the Bible tells us in 1 Peter 2.9. It says, this is it, that you are, you, but you are a chosen generation. You are what? A royal. In fact, most of those words there are implying difference. If you don't get anything from this message, just understand that the Christian is what? Different. The Christian is called to be what? Different. The Christian's safety is in difference. The Christian's witness, very important. The witness of the Christian to our world is in our difference. It's not in our similarity, which is what we are thought. I remember many years ago. You see, thank God for change over time. Do you understand that? So somebody is going to be changed in the name of Jesus. It doesn't matter where you are now. You're going to change because I'm changing. I'm seeing myself change. I remember many years ago when we started the church, 1997 or 98. I think it was 98. You know, I still was, you know, my, I was not understanding some of these things. Well, 
The church was very small. We were meeting in a garden. I think then we were probably about 17 or 20 something in this garden where we were meeting. So God had blessed me and I moved from very old nice Mercedes Benz, you know, old S class. And bought a Toyota Supra sleeping on duty. How many of us know? So when I come to church, you know the way I come very early. When I come to church, I'll park the car in a very conspicuous way. So that when people are passing, they'll know that God has blessed this church. That's the level where I was at. Blessed because of Toyota Supra. That Alsa man that is not born again drove brand new and sold to me secondhand. You're laughing at me now. I don't know what to say. If you tell your own, we'll laugh. I'm sure we'll throw our legs up. But that's, that's what we have imagined. That these things are testing. They are not test- Prosperity, you see, riches, everything the world, I don't know how often it can be said. Anything the world can get without Christ is not your witness. Anything. As good as, you know, the buildings are, you know, all of that are. The world will not follow you because you have, I mean, look at the things we make noise about. One man bought his daughters, not girlfriends, three Ferraris. How many days fasting did he do? Do you understand? So if you come and use that thing to be saying, come to our church, we're rich. How many Ferraris have the fathers in that church been buying for their children? Do you understand? It doesn't make sense. That's why they're not copying us. Because we are selling a product that we're not even good at. We're not excelling in it. You know, if we're able to, you know, do anything well, we just start pushing it. Ah, that is our man. That is our man. That is your man. That is your man. He's tall, dark, and handsome. That is your man. He's become a star. And then the world will bring to you uh, men that are taller, darker, handsomer. Our beauty is that we are different. And the world is looking at us. And they'll be saying, what is that? Who are those people? How can a man be trekking on the road with a wife and there's so much joy? How can they live in this, you know, humble cottage and you visit them and there's so much peace? Bless, you see, brothers and sisters, the Bible is so beautiful. It says godliness with what? Contentment is what? Great gain. What do we have in our time? We have greediness added with anointing. That's what every where people go, how many programs have you seen advertised for the Christian church? And those programs are saying, come and learn contentment. Come and get the power to control your temper. Have you heard it? Those are the things that advertise us. Something happens in the office or in the house anywhere. And people think that the roof will fall down. You come in as a born again. You say, what happened? You say, oh, well. Thank God, it's not eternal life. Any unbeliever there will take note. It doesn't matter the gold you're wearing. It doesn't matter whatever it is you have. The unbeliever will watch. This man is what? Different. And it will register. That is what will make them come and say, please, take us. I think it was on Wednesday we were praying. And we said that the promise of God is that it shall come to pass that ten men will hold on to the garments. Of the Jew, of the Christian. And say, lead us to your God. That is what will begin to make them to say, lead us to our God. When are women? You see, we live in a world where if you hear women talk, you can't tell the born again women from the worldly women. Women empowerment. Empowered by who? The first time the woman was empowered. That's what caused this wahala. From the Garden of Eden. The first time the woman took the initiative. She said, I took an eight, Abby. 
That was the conclusion of the matter. We've been working, paying for that since. So women empowerment, from whose angle? From whose angle? We don't think. And because we go to school and speak big grammar, everybody says, yes, yes, yes. yes. It's not it. We are different, simple. Sometimes you, you and I must step back and appreciate the virtue of some people we look down upon. You see, whatever you say about select people, you must respect them. If today the Spirit of the Lord says, from now on, we are in the select dressing mode. Some of you will backslide. They don't wear shoes, Abby, to church. So imagine Sunday morning, look at your beautiful shoes. See Gigi's own. See Pastor Chris's own designer. See. Pastor, I can see. Correct. Paragamo. See, you know. Imagine all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit says now, in the Father's church, and then all these things, that combination, and we just wear white gown, no shoe. Let's worship. In spirit and in truth. We just wear. Confusion go hit everywhere. I mean, we must rest because they are what? Different. They are different. And if you can't come out like that, then you have not understood repentance. Repentance, that Peter said to them, is turn around. It's not mental ascension. I've been in a place, I've been in an environment where I joined something that was different from where. When I joined it, there was difference in everything I was doing. My friends change, my behavior, everything changed. That's what it is. When you change your way, it has to manifest. But we understand this as you change and then you look at the Bible. That's, I mean, please, for when I say something, just understand that is the is way the Lord, you know. I, I, you see, you don't search scriptures to find something for something. No, you search scriptures for your transformation. It's for your transformation. And no matter whatever part of scripture you read, the Holy Spirit can take from Genesis and tell you something about not forgiving somebody. The word of God can meet you once you're open. And that is the key thing. It's not even so much as searching it for, to solve a problem. But are you open as you read it? Because the problem you are having in the marketplace, in the business arena, the solution might be what? In your bedroom. It says, husbands, what should you do? Well, with your wives, what? With understanding. It means... Win there first. Because if you subdue her and then go to the business and you're telling to the man that is bidding the contract, yes sir, yes sir, I will finish it. The angels will just knock you. You think you can beat that woman and then go and answer Sade and win jobs of millions. Say, come on, go home and love that my daughter that you took home. The whole thing is connected. The whole thing is connected. These are the things that we present to the world and the world will say truly, Something has happened. So we bless God for all the, you know, surface, you know, blessings and all of that. They're beautiful. There's nothing wrong with that. But you see, they're looking for somebody who will point them to a standard higher. Who will point them to something that is completely different. I mean, when will that scripture become attractive to us and popular? He said, bless is a dinner of herbs where there is love. Than what? A dinner of fattered calves where there is strife and envy. How many people want to hear that in church today? It simply means as you're pursuing money, just love everybody still. Don't bring home billions and then you would have bulldozed all kinds of people. It's better you fail than while you're loving. 
than that you win in wickedness and come back and say, I'm, I'm what, Samson? I won't know. These are scriptures. These are the things that as people look at them, they want to follow your God. People will never follow your God. I mean, people who will make it to heaven will never, I needed to correct that, will never follow your God because of the car you drive. They will never follow your God. People who will make it to heaven because when they follow that your car, they will follow another car. And the next car they're following might be the car of an occultic man who will tell them, Andy, Katobi, Katobi. Do you understand what I'm saying? They will never. Youth marriage, they will follow because in here people are, no, they will not. They will not. They will not. The things that make us different, the things that make us different. What did our Lord Jesus Christ say to us? You know, or rather say John 17 verse 3. He said, this is eternal life. That they may know you, the only true God. You see, knowledge changes character. That's why you see, you see a lot of, you know, these um, highly educated men. There's a way they behave. It doesn't mean that they're all right. But they're not, I don't think they're rash. Even in their foolishness, they speak and they take breaks, you know. Even if they, they, they just take breaks. Well, they've come to where they understand that sense, you know will probably achieve more than shouting. So you don't normally see a professor, you know, arguing with and shouting. He has learned to speak with arguments, with basis, one line upon the other. Now, the same way, when we know God, it gives us an insight to our world that brings a calmness. Brethren, you know, how many of us are over 60 here? Anybody over 60 years here? 60. Okay, we have two people over 60. Honey, did you raise your hand? Okay, yes. We have about uh, that they're saying, yeah, Georgie, hallelujah. Georgie, don't look it too. Mm. Okay, so how have about these people, do you think they think they're old? They don't think they're old. Though. Listen, I have to remind myself I'm over 50. I went to buy multivitamins the other time. And I saw, in fact, I think it was Momichi that bought one for me. She bought Centrum over 50. I was almost, ah, who is over 50? Who are you, Charlie? <laughs> Amy, Amy, I'm a lad. Do you understand? This whole world, by the time you spend 100 years, is nothing. Our journey is for eternity. We are running this race. The songwriter said, we are living this life just to live again. Just to live again. That's, if you communicate this everywhere, you will cause transformation, I'm telling you. Don't struggle for anything that the world, by the grace of God, I'm praying for you, I'm praying for myself, that we will be different. We'll be different. The world will observe us and say, these ones, they're not from here. They're not from here. A few men have had the testimonies of people do business with them and say, you didn't behave like a Nigerian. That's powerful. But more than that, let us be Christians. Let's rise on our feet. Lord, I need an anointing. You know, if I had a title for this message, I'll call it models. You see, those children, I just looked at them and I hated my, my uniform was better. In fact, theirs was khaki. My own was the other smoother fabric. I can't remember the name. Mine was better. But you see, I just saw them and envied them. And I was scratching to become as old. Do you know that God's design is that men will watch your marriage? Watch you in your contentment. It doesn't matter whether you have a lot or you have a little, even in your trials and tribulations, that men will watch you, observe your responses, and say, I need your God. Lord, empower me to be a model for you. Empower me. 
Lord, empower me to be a model for you. Let the world ask for you because of my life. Let my generation ask for you because of my life. Lord, I am a born-again Christian. I have great privilege. Why should I envy the world? You see, child of God, when you get this thing, you will see the power that God has made available to you. You can live life. You can live this life entirely free. Why? You already have the Holy Ghost. It is the Holy Ghost that brought everything you see to be. In the beginning, the whole world was without form and void. The Spirit of God hovered. And when God said, let there be, the Holy Ghost made it to be. Now that same Spirit of God is inside of you right now. What then can you lack? What then do you need? I don't need confirmation. I don't need affirmation. I don't need celebration. The Holy Ghost is bearing witness with my spirit that I'm a child of God. What else do I need in my world? Lord, help me. I receive the grace to be different, to stand out, to be a witness, to be a light. Let me not in any way give the world the impression that you are cheap. You are great. Yes, you are. You are great. Greater than what we say you are. Mightier than what we think you are. You are God. You do mighty things. You do miracles. You do awesome things. But above that, you have made me your child. You have put inside of me the divine nature. You have called me out of darkness. You have brought me into the kingdom of your son. You have made me, O Lord Father, a holy nation. I'm special to you. I'm not just a lady. A husband will not make my testimony complete. The Holy Ghost has made my testimony complete. Yes, having children does not make me a woman. Somebody say, you're not a woman until you have a child. That is not true. It's not true. Anna, one of the most useful women in scripture. We weren't told whether she had a child, but she carried the Lord Jesus. You are carrying the Lord Jesus in your heart. That's what it is. Oh, you know, oh Lord, have mercy. Lord, just receive grace. Receive grace to be a model. Somebody's watching you. You don't know. That artisan that is working with you is watching you. The mechanic is watching you. That tailor is watching you. They are watching you. Your neighbors are watching you. Your colleagues in there, your superior is watching you. They're threatening you. This will happen, that will happen. If you don't do this, you, you respond to them like somebody who knows God. Somebody who has a covenant with God. As you do that, the world will say you are different. Father, we ask, O oh Lord, for the anointing, O oh Lord, and the power to be witnesses to our world, Lord, in the name of Jesus. You have said we're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, uh, his, your own special people. Lord, let this get inside of us so that we can stand. Thank you, our Father. Thank you, our God. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ikenao Keke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-1588404. You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.org. God bless you.